Hello, you are tuned in to the Unconventional Yogi Podcast with yours truly, Colette Marie. Real content, real talk. Today's topic is about generational shaming. It's something that I've been thinking about for a little bit and wanted to have a conversation about what that means. I will refer to an article written by Sean M. Byrne, PhD, from Psychology Today. Her article reads, Do you need to mind the generation gap? And what she's suggesting uh, and discussing are the nuances which have unfolded regarding generational gaps and different generations, in-groups, out-groups, and all that comes with those two things. The reason why I wanted to discuss it was because I found myself feeling in the middle between a couple of generations, between friends, clients, and my own parents and family members. I'm Generation X, so I was born in 1973. My mother is a boomer. She uh, was born in the 50s. I have clients that were born in the 60s. My significant other is also Generation X, though borderline, also boomer. And I have friends that are in their 20s. I have Gen Z friends. I have millennial friends. I have alpha gen friends. I have student friends that I go to college with because I went to college later in life. And that has opened up a whole new door to how I interact and communicate with my college peers that are in their 20s and 30s. That being said, I find myself in a very unique and amazing position because I have had to make adjustments in my own mind about how I communicate with people that are younger than myself, not just in school, but also when I teach yoga, as I am a yoga instructor of 20 years, and when I teach yoga to students that are in school, for example, Drexel students, Penn students, students from Jefferson, they're all pretty much around early 20s, mid-20s, maybe some late 20s and early 30s. So the population in yoga yoga classes in general, it's a mixed bag, but most of the student body has centered around the age range between 20 and 30. So I found myself having to make communicative adjustments then. And it has placed me in a position where I can better understand how they might feel as a yoga student and what I can do or say to help uh, accommodate them and be able to help them grow in their practice. Similarly, I have had to do the same for myself regarding my college peers. How can I work with my college peers when we have a group project? How do I get them to see where I'm coming from and how to best communicate what we can do to do what we can do to make the project be the best possible project without making anyone feel isolated or not included or feeling as if their input doesn't matter. So I've had to really do some changing in my own mind about how I interact and cultivate relationships with other generational uh, individuals. 
I had a client who's 22. She's currently a student at Stanford University. How I interact with her is different from how I interact with her dad and how I interact with her mom. Uh, even how I interact differently with her sister because her sister is older. So these various intergenerational relationships have been a teaching experience for me. So I don't harbor this idea that my generation's better, their generation is not better, my mother's generation isn't better either. Like, you know, this my generation is more superior than the other generation, I think gets in the way of cultivating intergenerational relationships where you can learn from the person and that the person can learn from you because each generation offers a wide variety of insight and experiences and knowledge that everyone can benefit from. So I really don't see the point on shaming any generation, and that includes ageism. And I get that that's a prevalent thing in our society. And I also understand that I am an older person going back to school. And when I graduate, I'll probably be in my early 50s, which means I'm going to have to compete in the job market at this later age, which I don't think is going to be super duper hard. But it's definitely something I have to keep in mind when I'm out in the workforce and I'm looking for something that I want to secure for myself. Granted, I can teach yoga for a long time. I can be a personal trainer for a long time as I maintain these things for myself, and I can share this wisdom with other people. So that makes me viable. And so the name of the game for me is viability, making sure that I stay ahead of the curve with new trends, new technological changes, new understandings regarding science, our conditions in society, environment, so on and so forth, because as long as I am in the know of what's coming around the corner, it puts me in the best possible position to have a conversation with people from varying ages. Although I will say, the caveat is, when I do have a conversation with those that are a little older, if they're not doing the same work that I'm doing, there is a gap there. There is a communication divide. There is a lack of understanding because particular individuals have chosen to not do the work, meaning they've just n- not decided to stay stay in the loop. They're in their bubble, and as a result, they're unable to connect and, and have a, a conversation that touches on a wide variety of topics without biases themselves. So it makes it difficult to have that sort of connection with others that have chosen to actively not participate in the changes of the world. So that can be something that uh, remains prevalent in our society, which then only continues to to perpetuate the generational gap ideology and construct. But what this article is suggesting is understanding that Both uh, the in-group, out-group mentality, our group is superior, yours is not, actually hurts everyone involved. And that ageism isn't a solution. Ageism actually, again, hurts everyone everyone as a whole. Similarly, when we're talking about things like generational gaps, choosing to not interact consciously, wholeheartedly with someone who's a lot younger than you or a lot older than you places you in a position of uh, lack of understanding and empathy and 
wanting to connect with that person and learning from that individual. I think people that are older have a lot to learn from people that are younger and that people that are younger have a lot to learn from people that are older. And we can't just dismiss one generation over the other because each generation has their own lingo, their own lexicon, their own style of dress, their own style of hair, how they present themselves. Some are a bit more uh, eclectic and artsy. Some are a bit more conservative and traditional. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with subscribing to your generation's presentation so long as you understand that everyone, every generation has their thing and that you're open to what those things are, meaning you're open to supporting the individual as who they are for who they are, and you're not judging them. You're not looking at them and saying, oh, in my generation, we didn't have tattoos. Tattoos are ugly. Well, okay, that's one view, but that's your generational view Whereas in my generation, tattoos were slowly becoming trendy, and now they're just a cult part of our, cult, our current culture. Same with dreadlocks, which I have, which back in the early days of my adolescence, they were viewed as not attractive. Natural hair was shamed. Natural hair now is celebrated. Culturally, natural hair is part of our society and our societal standards of supporting all sorts of people from various walks of life and different cultural backgrounds, particularly coming from Black-centric backgrounds, whether you're from the Caribbean or from various countries in the continent of Africa, or that you're born here with African descent that your hair is naturally presented in the world and that's great and supported and totally acceptable whereas in the past it was not. So these are the changes and looking at uh, you know these aspects of our culture it's important that we embrace the changes and we don't look at the generations younger than us and say oh they're so confused or they're so sensitive. I take offense to those comments because well my mother's generation used to say that about my generation. Oh, Generation X, they're sensitive. And I'm sure that the generation before my mother's generation used to look at their generation and say, oh, they're sensitive. So in other words, the cycle remains in play, which I find to be highly counterproductive because every generation gets older. Generation Z will grow up. Alpha generation, they'll be old too one day. And then they'll be looking at the generations younger than them and they might say, oh, their generation is this, they're sensitive. I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. I'm hoping that these next set of generations realize all of the shortcomings of previous generations and that ageism ideology and bias and, and turn it on its head because we do need to look at things very differently going forward. As technology advances, as scientific discoveries advance, as we continue to move forward in our society on this planet, ideas and views and perspectives will continue to evolve and change. And so it is pointless to try to hold on and cling to your generation's ideology and perspective and position in life because they've already changed. So rather than hanging on to the Nixon years or the Reagan years, you got to let it go. You're going to have to let that go to a large degree because that's not where we are right now. 
You know, we're going to have to move on. You know, we have to keep moving forward. That is that is viability. Moving forward, currently moving forward and accepting and embracing the changes. That's not to say you abandon what you believe, but you do embrace all of the other nuances that our society has to offer and look at it as a positive rather than a negative. Um, going forward, in short, the article reads that we should all actively resist the age-based nonsense since it seems to promote ageism and harms intergenerational relationships. It also works against the intergenerational conversation and cooperation we need to address the big problems our society faces today, including the economic policies and conditions that make so many people, regardless of age, feel economically insecure. Each generation possesses skills and knowledge useful to the other. We, we would all do well to act in ways to narrow rather than widen the gap. I could not agree with Sean Byrne, PhD, you know, more. I couldn't agree with her more. Narrow the gap rather than widen the gap. That's key. And if you're in the workplace or if you're in school or if you're a teacher or if you're just out and about, work on that actively for yourself. It's important that we do. And and we have enough gaps already in our society. We have so many gaps, racial gaps, gender gaps, socioeconomic gaps, political gaps, religious gaps, spiritual gaps, all sorts of gaps. I mean, there's so many gaps. Generation is just another layer of gaps that we've added to ourselves. There's too many gaps. There's too many, too many divides, too many things. And we're all like in these gaps and, and crevices trying to make sense of life and ourselves. And we're, we're really chasing our tail. That all being said, notice the kinds of words that you say to someone else or the thoughts that you might think about someone else who's younger than you or older than you. You know, be more aware of how you communicate with the folks that are older than you or younger than you and realize that you're no longer or shouldn't think that you're you're in a bubble. You're not in a bubble. You shouldn't think that you're in a bubble. You're in the world living with everyone. We're all sharing this life together So we all have to really work to get along with each other because we have to share the space together. In other words, we all have to play in the sandbox nicely, kids. And that's my spiel. It was a little longer today, but thank you for listening. And thank you for tuning in to the Unconventional Yogi Podcast with yours truly, Colette Marie. Real content, real talk.